Hello friends and welcome to Kosher Style Stories by Barbara Hannah Austin. If you love a good story, you're in for a treat. So sit back and relax and listen to Barbara. Zeta's Remedy. The year was 1947. Honey, he called her, so as a child, I thought that was her name. When I found out it was Devorah, I was disappointed. Daddy's voice was more like a wail when he yelled up from downstairs on that snowy December day. Something about his voice was different. Honey, he hollered again. Mother was busy as usual, frustrated as she combed the tangles out of Rhoda's hair. I opened the window and through the snow-laden branches of the huge maple tree, I saw him. Mommy's busy. I'm coming, I called. No, Mamala. Send your mother, he cried back. This is serious, I said out loud. Even if she wasn't dealing with my little sister's tangles, she should not go. Today, though, was a rare day. Mother seemed like any of my friend's mothers. She was not in bed. She had showered and was calm. I was even pretty sure there was a hint of a smile on her face when I brought her her morning coffee. Those days were to be treasured because at our house they were few and far between. On a walk with Zayda one day, he told me, with tears running down his face, about Mother's nature. He said that she was delicate and took things too seriously. I didn't understand, but I wanted to. Mommy, I said, you do her pigtails. I'll be right back. The elevator would take too long, so I flew down three flights of steps to the street, and that's when I saw him. The English racer he loved so much was at an odd angle against a tree. One leg straddled the seat, and he was balanced by having the other leg on the ground next to the tree root that stuck out of the packed snow. The Samson-like father I knew was ashen. His green eyes were bloodshot. My heart boomed in my ears. I have never seen him look frightened. I could tell that what happened shook him to the core. I would be brave. My father's bicycle had careened off slippery snow-covered trolley tracks. The bicycle slid him through the snow, face first into a pile of bricks. The force of the racer's speed and the rough surface he encountered all but sliced the side of his face off. Mother, upon seeing him, went into shock and yet was able to dial her father's number. Zayda would know what to do. He always did. It was nearly sundown, Shabbat, so he couldn't drive. Give the phone to my anical, he demanded in his strong but kindly way. I was instructed, step by step, what I would carry out to the letter. He had faith in me, his first grandchild, ever since he taught me to give vitamin injections when I was eleven. I pulled the white leather chair from the living room into the foyer close to the kitchen and put a towel around my father's neck like the barber does. The water was to boil for two minutes, then I was to mix it half with tap water. All the washcloths in the house were put on the side of the sink. One at a time, they were moistened and placed over the wound. He said to count to one hundred, then peel it off very slowly. The soiled ones went into the sink filled with hot soapy water. That was the easy part. There were about 25 washcloths, and I did not apologize to Mommy for having to use the monogram ones. The next step was the one that scared me, and I began to cry. Don't worry, Mommy, I assured her. It's just the steam from the water boiling on the stove that's irritating my eyes. I held my breath as I poured three capfuls of hydrogen peroxide very slowly from the small cap onto his cheek. My mouth went dry because after the first tiny cap, the cheek bubbled and fizzed as if it was saying stop, but I did not. In a little while, when his face was dry, it was time for the mercurochrome, the red stuff Mommy would put on a scratch with a tiny glass applier. I was told 
not to use it, but take the bottle and pour it into a big cup and mix it with the same amount of boiled water. I was very careful to gently dab it on the wound with Daddy's shaving brush that I had cooked earlier. My brave father had his eyes closed while I dabbed, so I knew he trusted me. Tears filled my mother's eyes while she watched me do each step exactly as her father told me to. I think she was proud, although she never said so. We piled the extra pillows on one side of Daddy's bed so he couldn't turn on his side and brushed the bed linens against his cheek. I didn't sleep from worry because the next day was Saturday and there was no school, so it was okay. I got up a lot to make sure he slept without turning, and he did. Had he turned on his cheek in his sleep, I can't imagine what I would have done. Zayda threw his tallest prayer shawl to the wind on that Saturday and drove over to see his son-in-law and to make sure he was okay. He knew his daughter would not be okay, and he was needed. I know I needed him. He took his time when he examined Daddy and offered up a prayer for his full recovery. It would be a while for the cheek to heal fully, but he told me that my doctoring was excellent and no one could have done a better job. I was happy and knew that what he said was true because Zayda never lied. One more treatment had to be administered, but it had to wait a while. For the next three weeks, I had to keep watch for some scary clues that would mean call Zayda right away, but they never came. The most important step of all was next. It was to sprinkle the green powder that he made from the green stuff that grew on the bread he had put under cheesecloth in the cellar early on. When the time came, a film of Zayda's remedy was dusted over the surface of the cheek. I remember to put a hanky over my nose so not to breathe in. After a few weeks, both Daddy's cheeks looked alike and perfect in every way. During the waiting time, the thought came to me, I should pray for my father's recovery like Zayda had done, but I didn't know how. Earlier in Sunday school, we were taught to pray to an invisible God who lives somewhere in heaven, but I never got the concept. After much contemplation and to be on the safe side, I decided to pray to everything holy I knew about. First, I put a yarmulke on my head usually reserved for the men and boys, and ask Hashem to heal my father. Next, I knelt down on my bed, but only after I locked my bedroom door, for fear anyone should see me. I crossed myself several times for good measure and asked my best friend Kathy's God to heal him as well. When I felt I had done enough, I went to the front door and kissed the mezuzah. The worst was over. We celebrated with Zayda and Bubby, Little Rhoda and me at Gluckstern's, the kosher restaurant on New York's Lower East Side. We toasted with grape juice for a fantastic recovery, and everyone, even Mother, was having a good day. I knew this because she hugged me. Daddy held up his glass once more and told her that she would always be his honey and that she was brave and that without her love he wouldn't have made such a good recovery. I didn't tell them then or ever that I did my own special kind of praying. What they didn't know wouldn't hurt him in any way. He was all healed, and that was what was important. Kosher Style Stories are written and read by Barbara Hannah Austin, with episodes produced and edited by me, E.L. Richards, for Fat Femme Media in association with Big Shtick Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening to this right now. You can also help others find Kosher Style Stories by giving us five stars and leaving a detailed review. We promise to read all of your comments. Thanks for listening.